Hello, Internet. It's Tori. You're listening to the Cosmere Deep Dive Podcast. For updates on when episodes go live, follow us on Twitter and Facebook. To join the discussion, visit our Patreon page at patreon.com slash CosmereCast, where you'll find an invitation to our Discord server. Thank you for listening, and please enjoy the show. Hello, and welcome to the Cosmere Deep Dive Podcast. I'm your host, Mike. Joining me this week are Craig. Hey, y'all. Dave. He sure is. And Tori. Hello, Internet. (laughs) Tori almost didn't get through. All right. uh, Dave saying he sure is is my good thing this week. So, Craig, what's yours? (laughs) Uh, um, Right. Good thing. Uh, So there's a game I've been playing called Dicey Dungeons. Pretty fun. It's uh, it's been out for, I don't know, I think a year or something like that. Or maybe it's April. I think it came out in April. But um, it's, I think, made by the same person who does VVVVVV. And I'm drawing a blank as to his other game. But, oh, Super Hexagon. Guy does Super Hexagon. Oh, um, I love that game. Yeah, exactly. So I'm like, you know, I'm going to pick this up. But it's it's a lot of fun. Very RNG heavy, as you can imagine, from the name called Dicey Dungeons. It's all about rolling dice and trying to execute actions based on which dice you have. It's not um, based on chopping up things into little pieces. No, little not that kind of pieces. dice. Okay. Not well, it's the same dice. kind of dice. Dice just means cubes. That's Fruit Ninja. That's the game. Um. Anyway, so yeah, Dicey Dungeons, you get actions. We'll, we'll, we'll call it a little bit of an RPG. You get cards, which are your actions, your equipment, um, and they need certain dice in order to activate and do damage. And the dice might determine how much damage you deal. It could just be a constant value based on what the action is. But you need a certain die face to do it and that sort of thing. Um, so you die get that face. number of dice and you figure out what you can do. Get some defense, get some attack, do some special actions because there's a bunch of different status effects and survive. Um so it's a lot of fun. Uh, there's a lot to it because there's different character classes that play differently. Uh, there's different modes. So it sort of has like the Slay Aspire Ascension type thing uh, mechanic to it, where as you go down in difficulty levels, it changes the rules. Um, uh, there's there's separate floors, I should say, before you reach the final boss. And as you go down in each floor, it could add rules. That's the Ascension type version. There's ones that just completely change rules from what you're used to and that sort of thing and it's there's a lot of variety surprisingly uh so yeah it's a lot of fun you can pick it up on steam it might be for um, let me let me tell you for certain if it's on switch it is on steam it's on steam i think it's coming available late 2020 on switch so if you have a switch you can wait until then it'll be out soon for that cool anyway a lot of fun you guys might like it uh, so, Dave, what's your good thing this week? My good thing this week is crossword puzzles, but only doing them on my phone where it can correct me if I make a mistake. Because if I just dead end and don't know stuff, then it's not fun. It's just like, oh, you didn't know that random tennis player's name or something like that. And there's a lot of random tennis player names in crossword puzzles uh, so and golfers. But yeah, so I like doing them. I don't like finishing the ones that I can't finish. Like, I don't want to just look up answers either, but they're fun to do. And if you get an app that like you can autocorrect or you can do as much as you can and then have it show your mistakes, they're a lot of fun. And you learn a lot of new words and you learn a lot of really common crossword puzzle words. So yeah, good, 
good way to spend some time. I uh, I have an app. Forget what it's called. Crosswords or something. Yeah, they're all the same. Uh, I tried out the New York Times crossword app, and it's largely locked behind a paywall, so that got deleted pretty quick. Uh, let me actually just pull my phone out real quick. I'll tell you what I have, because it's free with ads. It's just called Crossword, it looks like. But yeah, it's free, and you can pay $5 to get rid of ads, which I'm on the verge of doing, because I use it enough that it's worth it. Although I do like some of the ads. <laughs> hey, my secondary good thing this week is those mobile games with like the bald guy with the bow tie. And not that I've ever downloaded or played any of them, but the ads for them are really funny because I always try to like, like he'll be walking along in the Arctic tundra and be really cold and you can like spray him with a fire extinguisher. And the people playing the game in the ads are really dumb and mess him up. And that's those are really fun to watch, though. I don't think I'd ever play the game myself. Um, well, it's good that you won't ever play the game yourself because that's not the game. The uh, really the, the ad shows literally nothing from the game. Oh yeah, which is those. just maddening to me. What? So it's not like you give the guy a match to burn down a tree to get his cat out of the tree. Like you can't actually do that in the game. Yeah, that that yeah. has nothing to do with the game. Oh, the, the ads you see are not the actual game. They just want all you to right. Well, then I it. just I just like the ads. Then I have no idea what the games are like. Here, I have a a good thing. There is a Reddit for these type of game ads. Uh, I will not say it because it's not family friendly. Just look up bad game ads on Reddit and it'll come up with with the, the Reddit site. And then people are... make fun of these ads. It's kind of, I, that's hilarious. I noticed that there are like there were like four or five different games I've seen ads for. And they were all like the same bald guy with the bow tie and the white shirt and the suspenders. Oh, like it's that, that the same guy, like the same yeah. guy in every single game. Like how is this guy in so many different games? That's but like I, the homescapes <laughs> guy. He, he's, yeah. he's notorious for being in bad <laughs> games and, and the gameplay is nothing. Cause it's like, they show you the ad. And it's like, this could maybe be a fun game. Except that there's, there's a couple that are like level one. This is what you're like. Level 99 second day. This is what you're like. It's so stupid. Anyway, there's other games like, oh, this those would be too, fun. Yeah. if it's like a puzzle game, but then it turns out it's just one of those crappy idle games where it's like you wait three hours to be able to do something. Or But the uh, the Homescapes guy is funny and I love watching the ads where like they spill the acid on him instead of the big spider. And yes, that emo is from Dicey Dungeons. That's one of Baylor Lord's emotes. Baylor Lord, the Slay the Spire streamer, but. Hey, he wouldn't I, like it. I could see him playing. He's this yeah, he's played Dicey Dungeons and has that emote. That's why I posted it because you were talking about Dicey Dungeons. Yeah, you guys should check it out. That's a good. That's a good game. All right. So my good thing this week is crossword puzzles and just the ads for Homescapes, not the actual game Homescapes. <laughs> oh, oh dear. All right. Uh, so my good thing this week is, in addition to Dave's intro this week, uh, is Stardew Valley which I've been playing a lot of lately. And I hadn't played it since, like, the most recent update, so I was just sort of checking stuff out. And it's it's a lot of fun. I'm I'm having a lot of fun with it. Um, current, current goal is I'm almost done with summer of year two, and I'm trying to get, like, everybody's friendship level up to up to max so that it doesn't 
drop from not talking to them so that I can just ignore them forever now. Yeah, I had um I had a good circuit going last time I played where it's like I, I had a set collection of items, mostly that I would, you know, make or just easily produce or pick up off the ground. And just I went on a circuit to hit all of the people. I knew their schedules and give them a gift. And you only have to do it twice a week. So, hey. Yeah, I'm down to like six or seven people that I don't have max relationship with. Um, once Plus I you get customers. Yeah, once I get everybody up to max, I'm going to um, probably start dating either all of the guys or all of the girls that you can date so I can get them up to max and get the mass 10 heart event and then do the other gender. And then I'll eventually figure out someone to marry. I don't even know who I'm <laughs> going to do that with yet. So based on whoever has the best cutscenes, you'll be like, okay, they're the one I'm going to marry. Actually, I'm probably going to pick it based on like who has a thing they love that I can get really easily. Because right. uh, once once you're married, you get like a f you get up to like 14 hearts max, and if you don't interact with them regularly, they get very mad at you. So being able yeah, to like gift your way out of that is what's that? They're in your house. Sure, but being able to like gift my way up to max super fast uh, appeals to me. So I'll probably go with Shane because he loves beer, and you can just buy beer. I have a question. Did you beat Terraria? Uh, yeah, I, I did basically everything on normal, and then I started again on, what is it, Elite? Is that what it's Expert. called? Expert. Uh, and then I got bored, so. Yeah. I, because, like, I already had everything left over from normal, so anything I was fighting was just, like, dying instantly, because the, the end, 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 end game sword that you can make in 1.4 is crazy overpowered. So, I mean, we sort of did the same thing. We beat Expert, and then we went back through Master. And it's just, I mean, it gives you a sense of power where you just destroy these things that used to take you, you know, 10 minutes to actually beat in the game. Um, and you're beating it in, you know, 30 seconds, just with that sword or something like that. So were you a melee person, or were you like a summoner or what? Uh, melee, because my experience with the game is that if you're playing in a group, you can do something else. But if you're playing solo everything's going to be attacking you, everything's going to be hitting you. You need that extra armor. In my experience, once you get good with the game, like you're familiar with the, the boss patterns and everything, you can get away with less armor, so you get better at dodging, and therefore you can do different things. Honestly, I had a lot of fun doing a mage build this last time. Like, I used to only do melee, although they've really improved melee. Like, flails are really good now, which they used to not be. Um... And there's more swords and things that do interesting things that you can get. So oh. melee is not bad, but man, once, once I got once so I got the Moon Lord to drop the Terrarian, the best yo-yo in the game, I was killing him in like less than a minute. Yeah, yeah, his weapons that he drops are really good on him. So, which is good because I had to kill him so freaking many times <laughs> to get him to finally drop the last thing I needed for right. to make the. The Zenith, the super duper duper endgame sword. Which is amazing. Yeah, it's it's ludicrous. It's broken. There there's a reason that you have to kill the Moon Lord like thirty seven times to get all the stuff you need for it. It's by the time you get it, there is no challenge. Yeah. So anyway, uh my good thing this week was Stardew Valley and not Terraria. Stardew Valley. But also Terraria. No, just Stardew Valley. So, Tori, what's what's your good thing this week? 
Uh, well, to piggyback on what you were saying, I also like to raffle stomp things in my video games. I like to get just so overpowered that you just roll over the final boss and then the credits roll like... Yeah, I'm, I'm that kind of player. But my good thing this week, uh, I wanted to tell you guys about an app that my library has, and maybe your library has it too. You should look into this. It's called RB Digital. So it's one of our uh, digital resources. Um, it has audiobooks and magazines. And if your library has the magazine subscription through RB Digital, then you can subscribe to the magazine. Uh, you get the new issue every month. And if you download uh, the back issues, you get to keep them forever. Uh, they stay on your device as long as you want until you delete them. And, um, and it doesn't cost anything. It's free with your library card. Uh, so if you like to read magazines or if, you know, just hypothetically, if you needed a whole ton of like highlights magazines for some activity you were planning with some kids, like, I don't know, uh, a summer reading program, perhaps, then um, you could download all of those for free. <laughs> Interesting. I wonder <laughs> if they have old issues of Nintendo Power. Uh, they do have some gaming magazines. I don't think Nintendo Power is one of them, but I think they have Game Informer. Um, I haven't actually looked, but um, they've got they've got all the children's magazines that I could think of, like Highlights and Cricket and uh, Dig was on there. Um, uh, lots of cool stuff. Neat. Uh, all right, so Dave, uh, you should have finished a book this week. Uh, yeah, I did. Part five. Brian Sanderson's The Way of Kings. The Way of Kings. Multiple. The King. Ways One of way. King. Mul no, multiple way. No, mul ah. right, and we have to start the whole book over now. <laughs> Marley was dead as a door now. A documentary crew followed Stephen King through several weeks of his life to learn the different ways that he lives. The Ways of King. Yes. Now it's the other way around. The King of Ways. There you go. King of the other way around? The around of kings? Huh? The way is around the journey. All right, ready? Yes, please. All right, start off part five. Chapter 69 plus one, Sea of Glass. Yasna wasn't a wizard all along. She was a sorceress. And so is Shalon, a murdering sorceress. Shadesmar. And that's it. <laughs> that's all you got from it, huh? Yeah, so while wizards have to study and, you know, learn arcane magic and maybe get them through artifacts and stuff and scrolls and all that, sorcerers and sorceresses, they just have innate magic ability. And that's what Yasta has. And also Shalon. And also Shalon committed patricide. I don't remember if there was a reason given, but yep, she killed dad. I know she like didn't like him that much, but I don't know why she killed him. He he didn't, like, abuse her or beat her or anything. He was just, like, kind of mean. Also, he had a shard. Maybe she wanted the shard. But also, we'll find out a little bit more about what he was doing. He didn't have a shard. She got a shard from somebody. Well, he didn't have a shard blade. That's all I will say. And that's well, already probably too much. Well, it's already too much. I don't know. I, don't, I think it's fine. <laughs> well, I guess we uh, we can skip the second part. We can skip uh, Oath Stinger. Afraid to have the Oath, <laughs> That's the Oath third Winger. one again. What's the second one? Words of Radiance? Words of Radiance. Yeah. Witham of Rar. 
So, well, she killed her dad and she has a shard bleed. I guess I just assumed that she got the shard bleed from her dad. Yeah, I should have let you assume that. That was my fault. Uh, sorry. I, I thought there was something in this chapter that said otherwise. We just need to start a whole new podcast with a new Dave. And then <laughs> I can true. finish reading the book. I can read the whole... Do you, Do you think if we didn't have this podcast, you would have devoured this book like within a week? Probably. Like, were there times where you really wish you could have read more, but you couldn't? No, I'm kind of used to it by now. Okay. Plus, like, I have to take notes and stuff, so reading is more work than just reading the book. So, all right. I think we're on a good pace. Plus, I've spent, like, 40 hours coding over the last couple weeks, so... (laughs) You have other things to occupy your time. Anyway, keep telling us about Shalon. Um, She visited Shadesmar. And Yasno's like, idiot girl, you came here without Stormlight. And she saves her out of Shadesmar, whatever the heck that is. And that's the end of chapter 70. So what do you think Shadesmar is? That's where the magic comes from. Maybe where Nightwatcher lives. And here I thought we weren't going to hear from Shalon. She had like three chapters in this part or two. All right. Anyone ready for chapter 71? Sure. No, no. Let's just sit here for a little bit before we get there. Enjoy Craig spoiling something again. Indeed. Just meditate mm. on that for a minute. Wait, was this the whole book and this is my first one? I mean, that's pretty good for me. I mean, we don't have any way of knowing because you and Dave exist outside of this podcast. And Dave has said repeatedly that you accidentally spoil stuff for him all the time. So <laughs> I like spoiled that Spook lived. Like, yeah, we were on a road trip or something. <laughs> totally, like the episode ended where Spook goes into a burning building, <laughs> and I'm like, oh, I wasn't supposed to. Oh crap! It was just the way I phrased something. It was like, oh god. I mean, I to be fair, I am quite perceptive. Yeah, so I do the same thing, even if. Even if you say something that might not seem like a spoiler, I'm kind of reading into a lot of things. Right. And I know this from years ago when when A Link to the Past randomizer first started. You two have same brain. Disagree. I could just interpret, Dave. That's it. Because you have same brain. <laughs> Insane in the brain, Mame. So tell me about chapter 71. Chapter 71. Recorded in blood. Regicide Jones is in Carbrant, but everyone loves Tyravangian. Sezeth is the guy with the knife on the King of Hearts card. Sezeth makes a Mario platform in the bed. <laughs> Wait, what? That. Oh, he makes the Mario platform. <laughs> yeah, he does. <laughs> he absolutely, I didn't think about it that way. He 100% does. Wait, wait, say again? I'm missing it. All right, so he goes into the latrine and it's, Above the floor of like the light eyes latrine, right? Or, or the privy. And he cuts, he uses a shard blade to cut a hole in the floor and lashes it upward so that it's weightless. And then he lashes himself upward, like, so he weighs 10% as much as normal so that he can get on the platform and slowly descend like it's a Mario <laughs> game. <laughs> oh, I'm so glad I forgot I wrote that down. <laughs> it's so funny. Um, King Kingly knows about Sun Sun Vallejo. What? King Kingly. Okay. And Sun Sun. Uh, Sun Sun King Kingly being Tyravangian. The King of Hearts was the King of Spades all along. Who is Life Brother? You can't introduce deities in the last part of the book. 
Taravangian is either a vampire or he's building an army of lifeless or he's writing the epigraphs. Oh, man. I like this shout out to lifeless here. It is better for one man to sin than for a people to be destroyed. But his niece saved your granddaughter in reference to him telling Zeth killed Alinar. All right. So it turns out uh, King Taravangian is um, killing some of the people in his hospital. You know, the people that have no chance to survive make their time and won't be missed anyway. And he's, he's recording their dying words and writing them as epigraphs in the way of kings. Yep. We have seen some of those. We have so, read them. Yeah. Some kind of surgeon or something. Surgeon. Like, they're they're letting people's blood. So they're like surgeons writing down the records, except that. I think surgeons are generally male and they're not allowed to write. So the nurses, I guess, I don't know, whatever. Well, this that's book a has weird. Although I think they're born. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, is Yakovet born? Yeah, because Shalon the... is definitely born. That's I think where born Vorinism comes from. Yakovet wears the sleeve. Yakovet and Carbranth are both born. But Car- keep in mind, Carbranth is a city state. And I think it's oh, on the southern coast, it? if I okay. recall. I can't, I pull up I can't remember. Um, Yakovet is not part of, or rather, Carbranth is not part of Yakovet. Okay, yeah, city, it's, a, but, it's a city state. So it's like the Vatican. Male ardents sure. are are allowed to learn to read and write. It's true. Yes. Okay. So yeah, it turns out that King Taravangian was the one who hired. Well, hired isn't the right word, but he's the one that ordered Sezeth to kill all the people because he needs to break down all of the walls in the world so that he can rebuild them anew and stronger and protect them from something so the lovable compassionate somewhat idiotic king turns out to be a mastermind yeah could you tell from his name that this would happen it's not a palindrome so i didn't think much of him i feel like it's very close to was it merovingian Teravangian, and i'm like hmm and that's a name i've definitely heard before machiavellian no, uh, Merovingian is, is from the Matrix sequels. He is pretty Machiavellian, I'll give you that. But it sort of reminds me, like, it falls into that, and I'm like, what an interesting name. But, you know, he's he's seen as such a likable guy in the few scenes we get. You know, I'm going to say he's not as Machiavellian as Sadius, though. At least Taravangian, like, accepts that what he's doing is wrong in the immediate and isn't looking for absolution by his ends. Whereas Sadius was. And I just want to say, Matrix sequels, those don't exist. I didn't mind them. I gotta watch it again, though. I still stand by um, the the second one being an excellent Wuxia film, uh, but a terrible Matrix sequel. Anyway, back back to chapter. So yeah, what do you think about Zeth, his oath stone being held by Taravangian? Where did he get it? Did he, was he the one that, so, so Zeth... His master was like drunk and peeing himself in a dark alley. Right. And then and then someone King else Tar- got his oath stone. King Taravangian wait, did his oath stone pass to King Taravangian there or some someone else had it first? I don't remember. Uh I think it passed well I think it was okay. right after that, right? The whoever killed his his drunk guy master was like a, a criminal dude who then sent him after a bigger criminal dude, but when Zeth got there Bigger criminal dude was already dead, and there was a dude there who had his O-Stone. 
that is the point at which his O-Stone entered Teravangian's people. People's hold. Mm. Yeah, it was like there was a gambling dude, right? Like, yeah, like the Almond Brothers band song. Gambling dude. And he was like trying to run oh, a... Oh, yeah, was a rambling dude. And you I'm just gotta do gambling in. stuff sometimes. And he was eliminating his competition. That's what he's using Zeth for. Competition! But then when he went to go attack the new guy, he... They had like the head of his old master like dropped in front of him or something. Isn't it something like that? If yeah. I recall. But oh the the point is that the person who had his O stone for that scene is part of Teravangian's organization, and that is when control of Zeth passed to Teravangian. Right. Yeah, because that's when he was given the list and it like included the the princes and king of Yakoved. So onward. Chapter 72, Italian. What are the essences? Don't tell me, but I already checked. It's in the Ars Arcanum. <laughs> <laughs> Radiant's abilities are tied to Spren. Voidbringers are Parshmen. So back to Shalon and Yasna. I guess Yasna was letting Shalon in on the secret because Shalon knows her like terrible dark secret that she can soul cast without a fabriel which her already having i don't know i i don't really understand yasna's motivation of taking shalon back unless it's just that like she actually respects shalon's studiousness like the whole shalon knows yasna's secret it doesn't really carry any weight for me but there might be other reasons that yasna is keeping her as Maybe her ward she's actually honest finally to her could be. And she, like, you know, sees the, I don't know, reasons. I mean, I'm not saying, I'm sure there are reasons. I'm just saying I don't buy the whole, oh, Shalon can blackmail her now. I don't know. That's not why. It. That's the supposed reason. Is it? I never even interpreted it that way. I mean, I, maybe that's the reason that Shalon thinks she got the upper hand on her. Right. Maybe. And then also Yasna is like... I can't have you following me around if you uh, if you are going to try to think of ways to sneak away or something. It's like it's I don't know. I I think that it's presented on the forefront, but it's not. I think it's just a like a veil and obviously so, but it's just like it's a really lame veil veil cuz like is is Yasna really going to be more of an outcast because she doesn't need the Fabriel that she is an outcast for having? Mm. So it turns out that Yasna has been researching the Voidbringers and uh, through all of her notes, and she makes Shalon read all of her notes, and it seems that the Voidbringers in the old stories are actually the Parshmen or Parshendi, and they need to figure out you know, what made the Parshmen turn violent and start killing some dudes? And so earlier when I said that the Voidbringers were probably like the Chasm Fiends, that's pretty much it, I would say, as far as I my theory goes. My, my theory is already that the Parshendi and the Chasm Fiends are related. So if the Voidbringers are the Parshmen, then so if we combine the your theory with what the book just told us, yeah, you're I mean, right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay. So it, it, in keeping that the Chasm Fiends are probably related to the Parshmen, saying that the Voidbringers are the Parshmen lines up with my previous theory that the Voidbringers are the Chasm Fiends, right? Yeah, sure. 
Okay. And there's essences. One of them's blood. One of them's Zephyr. I don't know. Uh, so the thing that I found interesting was that the Radiance abilities are tied to Spren. I guess uh, probably like probably like the main 10 primal sprints or whatever, like the blood sprint and the Zephyr sprint. Are there blood sprint? There are. are there, yeah, I think so, right? I mean, uh, there are sprint for everything, supposedly. Yeah. So there's rot sprint. Oh, you know what? Um, the body focus of the essence Zephyr is inhalation. So that's kind of like uh, what Kelsier do, or Kaladin does, right? And no, he it's protects. more of a Vin thing, I think. <laughs> and he protects and leads. It makes sense. So Kaladin somehow has this Zephyr essence. So do all the shard plates have sapphires or only like some of them? Uh, I don't think the type of gemstone matters. I think it's it's just that it holds stormlight. Okay, because I'm pretty sure they mentioned sapphires in either Dalinar or Elokar. Oh my god, Elo! I can't remember the, nep- the nephew kid's name. Yeah, yeah well, one of them, I, one of them is said to like the, the sapphires were cracked or something. So that would be the essence Zephyr. Yeah, makes sense. So there's probably like a bunch of stuff. We, we'll do some more uh, like mechanics theorizing in the wrap up. But as for chapter seventy two, we at least get told that the radiance abilities are tied to Sprint, and Kaladin is somehow related to Radiance or in the process of becoming a Radiant and he has a little sprint buddy. And that's the end of chapter 72. So wait, what did we get out of all that? That Yasna and Shalon are going to work together. Still. They're going to work together to figure out how, like, what turned the Parchment into the Voidbringers. And we have Voidbringers, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Chapter 73. Trust. Silfrena is a Shardophobe. Let's talk Dealinar. <laughs> Shardofo. Oh, so good. Go uh, on. Let's talk Dealinar. Dalinar wants Kaladin to protect him from certain doom. Kaladin don't answer to no late eyes, except Dalinar, his sons, and the king. Stupendous. Dude, Dalinar has like an 18 charisma there. Disco Stu doesn't advertise. <laughs> well, he needs high charisma. He's a paladin or something. Or something. It's something. <laughs> so, so friend is like, oh, I'm sure glad Downer got rid of that shard. Of, I don't like him. Yeah, and she said that before. Like, I don't like him. And it's like, well, it's because he's carrying. Well, yeah, because he has that shard. But not anymore. Shard. Now she likes him. So Dalinar wants to hire Kaladin and Bridge Four as his bodyguards. Since lots of people are going to want to kill him now that he's the High Prince of War. And hey, guess what? We already know who's trying to kill him. At least one person. Mm, and, true. And so, man, I guess in words of Radiance, Kaladin and Sezeth are going to have to have a showdown. That's going to be pretty cool. Whenever, like, when we get to that book in five years. So and is that one? Of, is that a day prediction? I don't think there's much to question about it. I think that they're pretty much setting up this showdown between Sezeth and like they were, they seem to be setting up a showdown between Sezeth and somebody. And now we know who most likely, I mean, Dalinar is not going to be a match for him. Dalinar doesn't have any shards. All right. So Kaladin and bridge Four, former bridge Four, they're no longer bridgemen are going to be the bodyguards. And the other bridgemen are going to be 
to going to work as patrolmen for a year or so. And if they want to join the army, they can be spearmen and going to be forced to fight. And people are going to have the opportunity to train before actually going out into the battle. So things are looking up for bridge people. And of course, they got to have their stew night. And they got to ask Kaladin about all of his glowy powers and how they work and what he can do with them. And if he can teach them how to have glowy powers. And he's like, I guess we can try. And that's the end of Kaladin's story arc. And we never see him again. For the rest of the book. For the rest of the book. So positive. A positive note. A positive ending for Kaladin, I think. No longer a slave and a bridgeman. Well, Sadius bridgeman, that is. So good stuff you like. Are we satisfied with Kaladin's arc? Yeah. Okay. Chapter 74. Ghost Bloodsters. Cabasol was a Death Eater. So was Shalon's daddy. Also, Shaladad was running for High Prince, but he's not a Lethe? Wait, why did she commit patricide? Was that ever explained? Uh, yeah. So Cabasol was in this order of ghost bloodsters i didn't write down the real word so i don't remember ghost bloods <laughs> ghost bloods <laughs> ghost bloodsters is better um so Capsol was one of the ghost bloods he had like a tattoo under his arm like a death eater and shallan's like hey my dad had that tattoo and so did all the people that tried to get him to run for high prince but i don't know what he was supposed to be high prince of does Yaakov Ed have high princes, or were they gonna like merge with Elethkar or something? No, Yaakov Ed has its own princes. has its own high princes. Oh, yeah. okay. So I guess Shaladad was gonna run for high prince of Yaakov Ed. Then someone killed him. Vote for Shaladad, high prince of Yaakov Ed. <laughs> Shaladad twenty twenty. No, the whole well, thing. It's a little hard to do that now. I wonder no, if you Shaladad. Can... You you can run for office as a as a dead person. It's happened before. Okay. Well, I'm thinking of Oscars. No, like political office in the U.S. Dead people have won before. Like they've started their campaign and then they've died, but then they've still gotten enough votes and then their seat actually gets filled by some other method. But yeah, it's happened before. There you have it. I believe it. So this brings up a whole question about what of Shaladad Soulcaster and what was even going on there? Why did they need this whole kiss to play out? Blah, blah, blah. But we'll do that in book wrap up questions and what. So that's it for chapter 74. We learn about this secret organization that was trying to kill Yasna, the Ghostbloods. The name of the chapter. Chapter 75. In the top room. New old vision. Colinar. The vision playlist is on repeat. The shattered panes. Also, Visions can't hear Dalinar, lol. Nietzsche was right, and the killer was Odium. Is Odium the guy with the evil weather machine? <laughs> uh, I remember that. So this, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm not kidding about the evil weather machine. There's, there's, some, there's some force off to the east, like, purposely sending off high storms or something. Even if it's, well, I don't know. It's not the Almighty. Almighty's dead. So spoilers, yo, hold the oh, whoa, let's get it's there. It's in this chapter. Chapter 75. So Dalinar is having another vision, but this is the first vision. He got to the end of the playlist and it's on repeat and it goes back. And he realizes that it's more <laughs> of a a recording than an interactive vision. So when he asked if he should trust Sadius, I 
I don't. Someone just tell me, like, what was the exact context of him asking if he should trust Sadius? And the vision said yes. Like, was it actually? It, it so to something it, like yeah, we, it was, we talked about it during that episode because, of course, we knew it was a recording and wasn't actually interacting with them. It was it was just reacting to the words that it was saying. So it was like, yes, you must unite them or something like that. I don't remember the act exact with word. honor and something something like honor will aid you yes there we go act with honor so, and honor will aid you dalinar took it to be an answer to his question of should i trust sadius yeah but it was just a thing that always happens in that part of that vision <laughs> i can't wait till that comes back around so, so basically we had our own little comedy skit turn wrong uh have you seen the episode blink of doctor who i know of it that have to do with the silence no, that's or the one angels. with the Weeping Angels. The but angels. It's, yeah. it's the introduction of the Weeping Angels. It is one of the best episodes of television. Like, not even of Doctor Who, just television. Don't you think Hard it's agree. irresponsible? Like, I don't think they should have aired that episode because a vision of a Weeping Angel is a Weeping Angel. So they just went and broadcast Weeping Angels all over the world. And then people posted it on Facebook. How, hey, like, hey, how dumb was that? What? Have you ever read SCP, Secure, Contain, Protect? wiki because you really need to do that okay there's, can, so it's, so, can we well, go back to the thing that i started though we can. because i wasn't done yet I, yeah so regarding blink uh in that episode there are like clips of david tennant like talking to a camera and it's all pre-recorded and at the end uh it turns out it's like a conversation with a full back and forth for that moment this is the reverse of that I'll have to look that up. Where, so, where, like, from Dalinar's perspective, it's a back and forth with a conversation. But no, it turns out it was just recorded, and he would have said that said that all the time anyway. Yeah. So, so my point about the SCP wiki is that there is one of the the posts is one of these monsters that you're not supposed to share pictures of, or it will attack you, and it shares pictures of it. So there you go. And it's the whole meta thing. Like, is it going to attack me now? It's part of the fun. Well, no, because it says in the art that a drawing of the monster is okay sometimes they they do that yes that's one of my favorite ones if, if i think i'm thinking of the same one you're describing and we shouldn't talk about it otherwise bad things right because it's a cognito hazard beetlejuice beetlejuice but you should totally check out the scp wiki i'll link some good articles at some point it'll be a good thing in the future all right um anything else here shattered pains so some of the visions are this guy that made the vision recordings, which well, I'm pretty, so sure is, know, pretty sure this is an episode of Star Trek or something. <laughs> we know you were asking before, or you were commenting how it's it sounds like the visions are telling Dalinar to trust Sadius. And then he, of course, betrayed him a number of chapters ago. And you're like, what the heck's with these visions now? Now you know why. Well, I just assumed that even if... Sadius, even if this vision knew that Sadius would betray him and told, like it still would have in a way been right for Dalinar to trust Sadius because journey before destination. Okay, that's fair. Uh, so yeah, there's the, he also mentions the vision guys like, well, some of this stuff might be how he foresees the future might be. Uh, so it's like the, they're like panes of a window shattered and skewed the future vision. So it's the shattered panes, but also this this scene looks like it might kind of be the origin of the shattered planes because there's a bunch of like P 
people breaking up the ground and stuff. And maybe Kolinar actually was relocated or something. I don't know. Uh, so there's this guy named Odium. And I forget. The visions weren't made by the Almighty, I don't think. But somebody who is like reporting that Odium killed the Almighty. Or no, it was made by the Almighty. No, the Almighty did make these visions. Before. Yeah. It was like his will. Yeah. Sort of like what he made before he died thing. Yeah. Where have we seen something like that before? Um, Elantris. <laughs> sure. And Odium is probably the guy off to the east with the evil weather machine. And that's the end of chapter 75. How about that? So finalizing this epilogue of part five, we have the epilogue of the epilogue, which I hope you read. Uh, epilogue of most worth. What talent do men value most? Sorry, Tesla. Talonellin, stone sinew, herald of the almighty, is too late. The desolation has come. The end of life as we know it, because the desolation is here. And also of the way of king. So we get to have a chapter from the perspective of Wit slash Hoyd. And he's like, he's at Colinar at the gates and playing a little square guitar. Just plucking at it. Because you're not supposed to strum square guitar. That's a big no-no. And he talks to the guards and he's like, what men, What do men value most? Or what talent do men value most? And they're like, oh, artistic skill or something like that. And he's like, nope, it's timing. Because what if somebody invents something that's already been patented? Sorry, Tesla. Or somebody uh, makes a painting. They'll say it's derivative of this other person who came first. And then, speaking of, this Stone Sinew Herald guy, he's like, uh, Desolation's coming. Oops, I'm too late. And Wit's like, most importantly, people value timeliness. And that's the end of Epimologue. I okay. hope you enjoyed this book. Wait, wait. Before, Hoyd, before we... Hoyd is wrong. Oh? what's What talent do people value most? PR. <laughs> <laughs> like, in, it, the, yeah. in PR. the examples he gives... We have real-world analogs to those, and it's it's not the first person. It's the person the who published it, PR. who had the best PR. That's what he says. No, he says the person who did it first. Okay, so but that's and what he, I'm and saying. He, like, he no, but that's why, like, because Tesla might have invented stuff first, because but Edison, Edison got the had a better first. PR team. Yeah. Yes, so it's not timeliness, it's better PR. Like in that movie about P.T. Barnum. Yes. He had good PR. Um, I actually have a question for you related to the last chapter. The title of it was in the top room. Do you do you re do you remember that story that Wit told us? Also, I think it was called in the top room. I'm getting it mixed up with an episode of DuckTales. That's all right. It's the one where they go. The one he tells the to Kaladin, right? Evil weather machine. Yeah, the one he tells. I think it's Kaladin. And I showed a picture of it where they, they sail on that airship. Yeah, the wonder sale. Off to the evil weather machine, and they find these people who do whatever they think their king wants, and they'll kill each other, like the episode of Galaxy Quest. It also reminded me of the episode of TNG where they go to the like they go to the naked planet, and Wesley steps on some flowers, but he's sentenced to right. death because the flowers were like yep, behind yep. a fence. Yeah, so, it reminded me of that. <laughs> so the whole point is that everyone does things in the name of the Almighty because that's their god, right? But their god is dead. Uh, yeah, so what does that point. mean in terms of the religion and the things that people do? 
means people are responsible for what they do. Right. They don't know it yet, but Dalinar knows. Well, now that the visions are on repeat, he can like understand better. Now that he's watching them for a second time. Like if yeah. I ever go back and read, wait. Now that he's watching again. a rerun. Yeah. Yeah, Dalinar really does advocate for rereads here. Well, I'm certainly doing rereads. For once. For, oh, it, it, this is just a Lantris I didn't do it for. <laughs> like, who are these characters? I don't even remember them. Yeah, well, I was like, oh, I bet this character is going to be really important. It was freaking Yaden or Yeoman. It was Yaden. Was Yeoman the Obligator King? Or <laughs> yeah, that's Yeoman. Okay, it was Yaden then. The, and you were uh, always Yaden. Later. I had no idea who that was. I'm like, I don't remember this so guy. you lied. You didn't reread Mistborn either. Yeah, I guess I didn't. <laughs> I, 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 re- I know I read it. Uh, I think I waited until after Final Empire, <laughs> then I did the full reread. I was like, man, I can't wait to see what Yaden does. And Craig's like, who's Yaden? <laughs> it's true. And now I'm careful and I do rereads. Yeah, now you're careful. You say after you already spoiled it <laughs> you, just today. You can just read the cliff notes, Craig. I do read the cliff notes. They don't say who Ye- Yaden is. <laughs> Because he's so unimportant. All right. We got questions for Dave? I think this episode's out of Stormlight. Wow. I wonder if Dave has any questions for us. Find out next week. It's true. The overview we're going to get. Yeah, that's that's overview. That's whole book questions. I'm talking about in this section. Dave, do you have any questions for us? Nah. Okay. Uh, (laughs) I have a question. How many minutes are we going to give Dave for his book summary? Two. Do you think you can do it in two? You didn't ask that. Two minutes and two seconds. Dang, you get two extra seconds. Uh, Do you have any thoughts about the Sander Lanch? Yeah, that's a question from Talonel in our chat. (laughs) Um, Talonel in you. So, like, normally, having read other Brandon Sanderson books, I'm expecting, you know, like, a a huge part of the story is going to happen in the last 10% of the book. But this seemed more like a huge part of finding out what's going to be pushed to the next part what's in the last 10 percent of the book. There's still a lot that happened though in this book it's not like this is all just world building. yeah i know i'm just saying like it didn't it's not concluded like even in mistborn which was a trilogy and came out to be a trilogy that story was finished and then opened up to uh okay so what was lord ruler talking about in his dying words so right? this is more like it just isn't concluded to the to the point that Mistborn Final Empire was. So, I, so the big difference there is that Mistborn Final Empire was, I think, his second published book. Because that was the second book we did. That was his second published work. He wasn't 100% certain he'd be able to, you know, continue and write his stories. When we get to Way of Kings, we get uh, he's a successful published author. I think by this point, he finished up or is at least in the process of finishing up Robert Jordan's Wheel of Time. So he's well known and this is going to be his big collection, the Stormlight Yeah, Archive. I'm just saying it doesn't work. It doesn't really work as a standalone story the same way that Final Empire did. Right. If so the you, Avalanche... If you only care about Kaladin's story, I feel that it does, like, clearly there's more that it's going to happen, but I feel like he does get a, a satisfying ending in this yeah. book. Yeah, true. We sure. don't get as much for Shalon, and we certainly get like nothing on Yasna. And we get we get teasing of Dalinar and Adelin. But again, it's sort of like where's their arc? Like where's where's anything? Yeah, we get kind of like Dalinar 
like finally understands what he needs to do, but right. he still needs to do it at the end of the book. But like his conclusion is he made a decision to be in the next book. <laughs> <laughs> but he he did yeah. make that decision so Look, i'm gonna be in book <laughs> all right uh remind me when is your birthday july 30th okay i may have to give you your present early this year okay which is that i'm gonna give you a free question probably next week that i will guarantee to answer all right so i'll think of that so that we're not like bringing in the very beginning of of the next mistborn book and and muddying things with that for, for if this. i recall yeah. his last question that we answered was about the the pool in elantris was that his birthday question i yeah it was that was two years ago but what, what'd you ask last year i don't know something dumb like <laughs> what was in the pool of what was in preservation's puddle or whatever the well of ascension <laughs> yeah or it was I, I did ask I asked something like, does ATM have a real-world equivalent or something like that? I wasted my birthday present. So you got a lot year. of homework to do. You have to give us a summary. You have to come up with some questions and thoughts about how things have worked based on the book and what things you hope are answered in Words of Radiance and or Oathbringer. Oaths remember, of Radiance. Words of Radiance is the second book. I hope that's the one I own. Well, I hope you got the whole one it. this time. <laughs> Well, I bought, I ended up buying like a four pack. It was Way of Kings part one and part two and something else part one and part two. I think it was Words of Radiance. It would be really weird if it wasn't Words of Radiance. <laughs> yeah. It would also be really weird if the only standalone book they sold was part two of Way of Kings. But <laughs> here we are. Oh, man. It's Words of Radiance part one and part two by Brandon Sanderson and The Stand by Stephen King. <laughs> <laughs> part three. In the Green Mile Part 5. All right. Um, I don't remember if we told you or not, but I would like to know who you would like the second book to focus on. Sylphrena. That, that, that is valid. All right. Sure. <laughs> I don't think that's what it's going to be, but I, I think that she's one of the more interesting characters at this point. I mean, not not to take anything away. Like, I want to see a lot more focus on Yasna. And I suspect that there's going to be a huge focus on Dalinar. And I, I'm i pretty sure we're going to get that Suzeth Kaladin showdown. Because, like, they both drink Stormlight, right? But Kaladin's just learning. It's going to be it's going to be neat. Give, give it a clean neat, because I know you want to. Neat. There you go. I'm um, trying to think of what else to ask you. But I don't think I have anything else. I know I have spoiler stuff. So I think the thing I would like to ask you is to leave, please. Okay, bye. Bye, Dave. Bye, bye Dave. Dave. And Dave's gone. Play the thing. This concludes the spoiler-free section of our podcast. If you are, as I am, reading along for the first time, we recommend that you stop listening now, as the following will contain spoilers for not only this book, but for other Cosmere books as well. There may also be general spoilers from any other source material. Spoilers begin now. Okay, spoiler time. Um, first thing is... In this section, we get a name dropped on us that never gets followed up again, and it's called it's Life Brother, with which Dave brought up. I yeah, look. So I have no idea what he's talking about. What is what is this? Uh, Teravangian, when he's talking to Zeth, mentions something about someone called Life Brother. I looked it up in the Copper Mind, and there's this and nothing else. 
I have no idea. Oh, another god the Teravangian references. And and yeah, like I I looked it up and there's 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 this there's a quote from this page. There's what Seth says after and that's it. That's all we get of whatever life brother is. So I think it's because we know very little about the Shen. Could be. But yeah, we've gone three books and this is all we get on whoever that is. Couldn't possibly be important. That's a, that's a good I even on my reread I missed that. I just thought he was talking to Seth in a way that he would interpret better. But yeah, we know very little about the Shin which uh, which needs to be corrected, but we're not going to get that until maybe book 5, which is supposed to be Seth's focus book. Um I had other stuff, but I'm I'm blanking on it that Dave brought up that I wanted to talk about, but it's all spoilery. So someone else go with something and I'll try to remember. But this is the spoilery section. Um, I mean, I already mentioned in the top room, we had that story before the Wandersail story, which this is a reference that Honor is dead. Um, and we'll see what we can do. Uh, but uh, yeah, he mentioned us knowing more about Yasna and the way the focus books are, are turning out, at least the the suggestion for the first five books is that book four is Venli slash Eshonai. That's supposed to be their book. And we'll, we're going to find that out in a few months, which is exciting. And then book five is supposed to be the Zeth fo- focus book. And I, that will I wrap think up. that's pretty well solidified at this point. Yeah, he, he's written the outlines for books four and five. So that way he can make sure he actually ends it how he wants to. So there was a question if book three or book five were going to be Dalinar or Seth. Like he was going back and forth between them. I suspect it's because of the whole big I am unity and you cannot take my pain type scenes. He wasn't sure if he wanted to like end it on book five or if he wanted that a little earlier happens to be the midpoint in book three. Uh, well, at the end of book three, but you know what I mean? So there's that Yasna we will get at least the plan is we are going to get a focus book on her, but that's not until the back half. She's supposed to be the focus of like book nine, I think. Man, that that is a lot because there's something oh, there. Wait, You're no. getting... Sorry. Sorry, I had my numbers confused. Uh, she would be book 10. So the last book. Because it alternates gender from one book to the next. So so, um, so the lady, the ladies have that. the even numbers. I didn't even think about that. But uh, the, I'm getting a lot in my reread of Oathbringer. Like, she's gone through some stuff. There was something, some reason that she was sort of locked away back when she was younger. and And they... Uh, I, th- I think it's Elokar references it, or at least you s- you see references of it in Dalinar's flashbacks. Uh, there's a, a mention of Yasna being locked away. There's the whole how she's always careful about assassins and how she was like hiring spies and things like that to sort of protect her family. Like there is stuff that we are only like scratching the surface of when it comes to Yasna. So that should be pretty exciting. All right. Uh, Talonella Lynn Stone Sinew has brought up that uh, he'd like to bring up the end note after the epilogue. It uh, gives a great hint about Teravangian's variable intelligence and wasn't guessed until a few months before Words of Radiance was released. Uh, yeah, it's I forget exactly what it said, but near the bottom it mentions uh, something about Teravangian on a strong day. And yep, that is that is the bit we needed to put things together about Teravangian's variable intelligence before Words of Radiance. So Teravangian's thing, and I know we've said this before, is that he asked for the capacity to save mankind. And 
the which response to that that doesn't like, mean he got that. That's well, okay. just what he asked. The for. response to that was uh, from cultivation, where he has different degrees of capacity, where it ranges from being very compassionate but idiotic to being very intelligent and having zero compassion. So he basically has these two bars of compassion and intelligence that are now tied together and they're inversely related to each other. And that is just how they work now. And you get a lot of it as you see him in things like Oathbringer, where he's very compassionate. He's crying over the people that are suffering, but he doesn't seem very intelligent on those days. And of course, we see days where he's incredibly intelligent and he's just willing to murder choirs of children just because they annoy him. Choirs of children that he requested a few he minutes did, previous. Yeah. Yep. That and, was the day he outsmarted the test, so he, and, he was like incredibly intelligent. Yeah, murdering them was the first th- the first idea he had before sending them away. <laughs> yeah, that's that's him. All right. Oh, uh, so Dave mentioned he thinks Sadius is worse. So that's that's the question for us: Who is worse? Oh no 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 no. The okay, Dave didn't say Sadius is worse. Dave said that Sadius is more Machiavellian. Ah, which I disagree. I think Teravangian is way more Machiavellian. There's a reason we have the diagram in the book, not our diagram. Our diagram is nice and fluffy and good. Uh, His diagram, though, is up to no good and frequently clashes with the ghost bloods. Well, have you read The Prince by Machiavelli? No, I haven't. Okay, this is like step-by-step instructions of how to be an evil overlord and... That's what the diagram is. Teravangian does it better. It it <laughs> at no point does it is there anything about like not feeling guilt, which is Sadius's kind of whole deal is yeah. you know gaining power but also not feeling guilty about it. Teravangian is just gaining power. And yeah, it's it's step-by-step instructions on how he's supposed to get in control of mankind so he can ultimately save some of them. And the prince, one of one of like the primary tenets of it is it is better to be loved than feared, but fear is more sure. Like it's way easier to do. So Teravangian is up to the end of Oathbringer, um, trying for loved. That's that's actually how he became the king of Yakaved. Yeah. Um, but I think given the events of the end of Oathbringer, he's gonna transition to feared because it is it is the more sure way. Like he's, I think Brandon very, very clearly based him on uh, the prince. From so Monty I have Valley. a question: What happens if Taravangian dies? Not is killed, but what if he just dies of old age? What do? What um, happens to the diagram? Well, what happens if any of us die? Do we really know? Okay, in the book though, do you think there's there's a like backup person? set aside for if Taravan- something happens to Taravangian? No. As a part of the diagram? Or you think it's it's based on him? It Okay. I don't think he has, like, a named successor. Otherwise, we'd have heard about it by now. And I know that there are different factions within the diagram. I think they would start infighting to, to try to basically rise to the top. Right. And, and it would, for a while, like, completely hamstring the diagram like all of their efforts the diagram is large from what i can tell there's a lot of people 
with their hands in a lot of things. Yeah. Um, Talanella Lynn says Adratagia would keep it up, I think. And I agree. Adratagia would be... She'd be one of the factions. She would be the head of probably the largest faction. But we know that there are other factions. Um, Graves was part of a separate faction. Like, he was, he was loyal to the diagram, but he had his own interpretations. Yeah. He's dead now, but he wasn't alone. There were other people who thought like he did. Right, right. And yeah, that would cause that would cause some infighting. Um there's also the bodyguard guy that may or may not be a Chandra that I think would would back Adratasia. I mean, if they've got the guy that may or may not be a Chandra, then if Teravangian died, then the Chandra would just become Teravangian. I bet. That is if, true. If that person is a Chandra, A. If that person being a Chandra is known to Teravangian and Adratasia, B. If that person is willing to be Chandra-like, C. And if Teravangian and Adratasia know how Chandra work, D. All of those have to be true for that plan to work. So I will point out that he... he found out or interpreted a lot of Cosmere type stuff in his diagram on his very super smart day. Like there's some stuff that he really shouldn't be aware of that he sort of figured out. There's a chance that Chandra is one of them, or if anything, the Chandra has come to him because of his diagram and has maybe shown him their power. I have an argument that suggests that he can't know enough for that to matter. Uh, which is, if he had, like, full Cosmere awareness, he would have figured out um, identity-free cop- um, identity um, Farukami mines, one, that that, that that was a thing, and then two, would have traveled to Scadrial or sent someone to Scadrial in order to get some identity-free um, Farukami mines, uh, yeah, with, which, also- with which to supplement his intelligence. So that he could he could artificially create a day of genius. Oh, I see. So he doesn't know about Farukami. And uh, my other question is, what do you think uh, Taravangian would be like if he actually knew about Hemalurgy? That would be a, a scary combination, I think. Um, I mean, I feel like if he knew about it, he would also be able to figure out why not to use it for the same reasons that Hoyd doesn't. You think you think Taravangi wouldn't use Hemalurgy? Certainly not on himself or anyone he trusted, um, because being spiked because with Hemalurgy open, opens you up to control and manipulation by shards. True, true. And considering that the biggest threat to Roshar right now is a shard holder, um, yeah, being spiked okay, is fair. bad news. That is fair. I had another question, and now I, I can't remember what it is. Dang it. It was about Teravangian, though. But yeah, I he he might... I forgot that we revealed that we know there's a Chandra around, and there... I think I think the word of Brandon said that the Chandra was close to Teravangian. Yeah, and it, it's probably that bodyguard guy. Like... He is a suspect. There, yes. there are many people who read these way closer than we do, who are smarter than we are, and who make these correct assumptions. So I'm willing to go along with it until and unless we get information otherwise from a book uh there's also someone else who pops up in words of radiance that i'll point out when we do the read when we do the read uh who is a candidate my candidate for chandra i mean there could be multiple chandra 
There can be. Yeah, absolutely. And that's I'm like, this is just a candidate for a potential contract, whether that's the only one, maybe, maybe not. Um, but I like to look for things like lack of body hair because it's they they have to steal the body hair. Uh, Condra can't make their own. So you'll look for people who are bald, maybe without eyebrows, that sort of thing. I'm looking forward to seeing my large adult son felt again. <laughs> I've missed him, but he'll show um, but, up in Words oh. of Radiance and then again in Oathbringer, I believe. The thing I was going to say is with Sadius and Taravangian, their whole thing is ends justify the means. Uh, this this is in direct contrast to Journey Before Destination. So we got Dalinar and Knights Radiant, who are on team Journey Before Destination. Even Yasna, even though she has a, a weird interpretation of it. And then you have people like Sadius and, more importantly, the Diagram and Taravangian, who are ends justify the means. So who will win out? See, I wonder if Taravangian wouldn't qualify to to join Yasna's order. You think he could be an else caller? I I think he from from the little we know about that order and like how how their people are selected what their what their overall goal is he would fit and becoming a night radiant and being able to breathe in stormlight would certainly help him live longer I think I think the else callers are sort of the catch all journey before destination but I have interpretation of that it's yeah the journey is humanity's journey the the life is the species uh the the strength is is you know all people so the individual doesn't matter as much so the day of genius the Taravangian has this is Talonel who mentioned it in our chat is making connections and extremely good guesses not new knowledge so taking at face value he's not more cosmere aware so yeah i I think it's more that he determined and figured out things based on certain either assumptions or just the knowledge that he currently had and was able to take that to its logical conclusion. That's what he had in those days. So he wouldn't figure out things like hemallergy because there's no way that information could even pop up in uh, Rochar because that's not how the investiture happens to work there. Except... If he has a Chondra on his crew, that Chondra could have told him many things about Alamancy and Hemalurgy and Ferugamine. Before his good day. This is, the, this is talking about on his good day, which is where the diagram is first created. So he wouldn't have had that information beforehand. Right. But he also has other days of normal to high intelligence. He surrounds himself with people who are themselves intelligent who who can take this information and make these logical leaps like sure this isn't necessarily information that he couldn't have i'm just, I'm just we're, i was just talking about his good day and what it did but he did learn a lot about investiture or at least he figured out i shouldn't say he learned he figured out a lot about investiture based on the information they had that he was able to make certain conclusions, which I think made him more Cosmere aware without being told new information, if that makes sense. Yeah, that tracks. So, like, he wouldn't necessarily have any way of knowing that Nightblood exists, but he might be able to work out that it, something like like Nightblood could be created. Could yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, going back to talking about the epilogue here... Um, the next book will be Shallan's when we when we get to Words of Radiance. That is her book. So we get to see more about how she came to be. We get over my spoiler that it's not the Shardblade's not from her dad. I don't 
think that's a big spoiler, but Dave thinks it might be a big deal. That might be the saddest scene in the in the series so far. There's a lot that's sad about like, okay, Tien's death was pretty sad, but it's just the fact that Shalon had to deal with psychological torture and well, her, her whole family, her brothers as well. Um, and everything related to that, it's just really hard to read. So we'll, we'll get to it though. You know what? I take it back. I'm, I'm still going with, uh, with Kaladin at the honor chasm for the saddest scene, but when he's almost about to jump. Yeah. Uh, but Shalon strangling her father while singing a lullaby is sad and creepy. Yeah. Oh, and Talanoa Lynn Stone Sinew brings up Tef's realization that his addiction killed his friends. Yeah, that one's rough. Man, we got some rough scenes coming up, guys. Well, I mean, that's like the end of the third book, so we've got a while. Yeah. And we have an entire book in a different series to read before we ever get back to Roshar. Yay! But man, Yay. I'm looking forward to Allo Alloy of Law. And I want to say several short stories also. At least Emperor Soul, I Let think. Let me take a look at the our diagram. List. No, not the diagram. Our list. The diagram. So Alloy of Law, then the Eleventh Medal, then Emperor Soul, then Shadows for Silence, then Words of Radiance. Dang. Which I'm glad we get to Shadows of Silence or Shadows for Silence soon. That one was that's one of my favorites. I really like that one. We get to talk more about Cognitive Shadows when we get there. Keep an eye out, because yep. they're everywhere there. All right. I think I've gone through everything I can think of, except I'm sure there was at least one more thing that Dave brought up that I'm I'm completely blanked on now. Well, when right. it occurs to you, you can type it in the spoiler chat, and we'll remember it next time. Yep. The thing is, it'll occur to me in three months when I listen back to this episode while I'm editing it. Well, then you can put it in the spoiler chat, and we'll talk about it the next time after that. Okay. All right. Anybody else have anything? Uh-uh. Uh. All right. Bye, Internet. Bye. Good night, Internet. This has been the Cosmere Deep Dive Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at at CosmereCast or like us on Facebook. Our theme music is Traveling Made Up Continents by Gillicuddy, used with permission. Hear more from him at the Free Music Archive. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.